You're listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association's Washington, D.C. office. Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of NCBA's Beltway Beef. I'm Hunter Ehrman. Well, cattle producers received some good news last week from the Supreme Court's unanimous decision in Sackett v. EPA that limits the Environmental Protection Agency's overreach on waters of the United States, or WOTUS. WOTUS has created decades of uncertainty for cattle producers, and the Sackett ruling finally provides some certainty moving forward. NCBA has long fought against overreaching WOTUS rules, and this case is a victory for not just NCBA, but agriculture as a whole. For more on the Sackett case, I'm joined by NCBA Chief Counsel Mary Thomas Hart. Mary Thomas, how does the court's decision in Sackett impact cattle producers? Great question, Hunter, and, and thanks for having me on. Um, so, you know, I think for a lot of our producers across the country who have, at least our producers who have owned land since 1972, um, they've been dealing with the definition of WOTUS for the last 50 years um, and trying to figure out a clear definition for WOTUS that allows them to effectively plan future projects um, and future, um, you know, management uh tools and and practices. Um, So the most recent kind of test that came from the Supreme Court was the significant nexus test. And and that really didn't provide any um, clear definition for which features were federally jurisdictional. Obviously, it took us through three different regulatory iterations of a WOTUS definition um, and a lot of kind of whiplashing back and forth. Um, So the significant nexus test certainly doesn't provide clarity on its own. um, And when implemented incorrectly can reach far beyond the limits of the Clean Water Act. So as you mentioned, the court rejected the significant nexus test. Why is this test important and why is it so harmful to producers? Sure. Um, You know, I I kind of mentioned that because it it doesn't provide a lot of clarity, producers aren't able to effectively um, look at a feature on their property and make any kind of preliminary determination about whether that feature might be subject to Clean Water Act permitting. It takes a lot of time and a lot of money to figure out if something is federally jurisdictional under the significant nexus test. But beyond that, because the Clean Water Act implements criminal liability. So because there can be criminal liability attached to a violation of the Clean Water Act, the significant nexus test serves as a standard for that criminal liability. Um, and because it's it's such a, a vague standard, such a vague test, it, it violates our constitutional right to due process. And that's part of what the court found in the Sackett opinion. Now, NCBA has heavily criticized the EPA for finalizing a WOTUS rule right in the middle of this Supreme Court case. Now that the court has released their opinion, what happens to the Biden administration's WOTUS rule? We have, you know, and and I want to just reiterate that we told the Biden administration for months or, you know, asked the Biden administration for months to slow down their rulemaking process and to pause finalizing their definition until we heard back from the Supreme Court. The administration obviously didn't listen and felt the need to finalize a rule without an opinion from the Supreme Court. Um, And they finalized that rule earlier this year. The significant nexus test is the cornerstone of the Biden administration's WOTUS definition. And with that standard being ruled illegal by the Supreme Court, 
the Biden administration is now forced to go back to the drawing board. Are they going to do that on their own? Um, or are we going to have to challenge that in court? We'll see. Um, but if the Biden administration acts on its own, we can probably move through that uh, process fairly quickly. Um, if they don't, NCBA and its litigation coalition is well positioned to make a request um, to have that rule vacated in two federal courts. Now, even though the Sackett family who brought this case forward were homeowners and not cattle producers, NCBA still played a very large role in this case, and you even had your name on an amicus brief that went up to the Supreme Court. Can you tell me a little bit more about what NCBA's key arguments were in that brief? You know, WOTUS is, you know, I think we, we think about WOTUS as an issue that impacts farms and ranches, right? But it really impacts any landowner across the nation that wants to do anything on their land that involves a feature that may or may not hold water, um, which is incredibly broad, right? We, we've had a coalition in the past that works on WOTUS in D.C., um, and the groups that make up that coalition make up about 70% of our nation's GDP, right? The amount of industries, the amount of small businesses, the amount of households that are impacted by the definition of WOTUS is sweeping. Um, but it really does come right down to um, impacts to farmers and ranchers for us. And so even you know when this case is the one that made it to the Supreme Court, a case about a couple that bought a plot of land and wanted to build their dream lake house, um, we didn't sit on the sidelines. We engaged, we drafted, and in-house amicus brief. Um, and one of the biggest arguments we made is, is something I mentioned earlier um, related to the criminal liability that is attached to a violation of the Clean Water Act. We were really happy to see that argument that we made in our brief kind of folded into um, the final opinion from the court. In addition to that, we proposed that, you know, whatever the Supreme Court issue as is a new test for WOTUS, take two things into consideration. One, are there physical indicators that a, a landowner can kind of lay eyes on to make a preliminary assessment? And then two, is there continuous water flow or, or relatively permanent water flow um, through that feature? Because we don't want to regulate things like isolated wetlands or water features or ephemeral features that only carry water after a precipitation event. And we were really happy to see the Supreme Court adopt that position in its final opinion. You know, I was fairly surprised to see this decision come down unanimously. Uh, is that what you expected? And does that track with what the justices have previously ruled on? Not at all what I was expecting, but it was the best possible surprise. Um, you know, I, I think that this court, one, unanimously sided with the Sackets, but then two, unanimously found that the significant nexus test was a violation of the Clean Water Act and a violation of our constitutional due process rights, which was so exciting. And um, I think that this bench has learned a lot from previous previous Clean Water Act cases. You know, we kind of got into this mess back in 2006 when the Supreme Court issued its Rapanos opinion. And that was a fractured 414 opinion, right? And there was a test from Justice Scalia that three other justices signed on to. There was a test from Justice Kennedy who wrote all on his own. And then there was a dissent of four justices that said, we don't like any of this, but if we had to pick something, we would go with Justice Kennedy's test. And that's what led to this insane back and forth over significant nexus, right? That fractured, really messy opinion. And even the judges on the minority, when we when we got down past the unanimous 
uh, finding that significant nexus was was illegal, um, five justices on the bench proposed a new test, the continuous surface connection test. Um, and the four justices in the minority, I think even though they don't love that test, they didn't provide an alternative because they don't want us to go down the same path that we followed after Rapanos, where we're hopping back and forth between standards. They said, you know, they, they were also very um, clear in saying we have a minority opinion, but our opinion does not impact the force of the majority opinion. They were all incredibly mindful of the fallout from the Rapanos case and worked really hard to avoid that. So Mary Thomas, cattle producers have seen so many shifting WOTUS rules over the years, from the 2015 Obama rule to the Trump navigable waters protection rule to now the Biden rule. With this Supreme Court decision in the mix, what is the law of the land for cattle producers today? Today, the Biden administration's WOTUS definition is still technically on the books, but as I mentioned before, the significant nexus test is the underpinning of that rule, and it's been uh, vacated by the Supreme Court. Um, this means that even though the Biden administration's definition is still technically on the books, still technically the law of the land, um, that will not be the law of the land very soon, right? And the significant nexus test is not something that an employee of the EPA or an engineer with the Army Corps can use to find you liable of violating the Clean Water Act. Um, so if you have an ephemeral feature on your property, if you have an isolated feature on your property, you should feel a lot more freedom to manage those features effectively without uh, the, the burden of, of permitting requirements. Now, I always say, have a conversation with someone, right? Even if it's your local soil, soil and water um, management district, if it's your NRCS office, um, there are additional questions about how this is gonna impact things like Swamp Buster and farm wetlands and things like that. Um, but as far as the Clean Water Act goes and permitting requirements, those are going to be significantly narrowed. So producers don't have to worry that someone from the EPA is going to show up tomorrow and try to enforce the Biden rule. Not, not under the significant nexus test. So finally, how will this decision impact the future of WOTUS and future EPA regulations coming out on the cattle industry? Well, as I, as I mentioned before, we, we got a new test from the Supreme Court last week, right? And it's, it's significantly more narrow than the significant nexus test, but it, it does give EPA and the Army Corps a job, right? They have to now define WOTUS within the confines of this new test. I think it's going to be, be a pretty easy job for them. It, at least it should be if they don't try to you know, manipulate uh, the Supreme Court opinion. Um, but they have really two things that they need to define because waters of the U.S. are now considered considered relatively permanent standing or flowing bodies of water into a traditional navigable water or the wetlands that have a continuous surface connection to those bodies of water. So we need to define two things, relative permanence and continuous surface connection. Justice Alito did an excellent job in his majority opinion of providing a lot of, I think, limitations and a lot of guidance on how those terms should be defined. Um, but NCBA will be fully engaged with EPA and the Army Corps of Engineers as they go through yet another WOTUS rulemaking um, to define WOTUS under this new standard. Well, Mary Thomas, thanks so much for joining us and thank you for the update. Thanks for having me on. This has been another episode of Beltway Beef. Don't forget to check us out online at policy.ncba.org or catch the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, including SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts.